delivering high-quality, technology-centric podcasts around the world. This is MunchTech.TV, taking a bite out of technology. Hello, welcome to episode 518 of the Two Techies for Saturday, November 14th, 2020. This is the show where we talk about the week's most notable technology stories in around an hour or less with Aaron Fisher and myself, Jimmy Bunting. We come together once a week to discuss, debate, converse, scrutinize and explore the world of tech. Some weeks it's a lot of companies, some weeks it's just one. This week it's Apple and everything they announced at their November 2020 event. And spoiler, it's pretty industry changing. Revolutionary, isn't that what they say? Changes everything, absolutely everything. It's revolutionary, it's innovative, it is groundbreaking. It actually is. It's pretty neat. It it is. Yeah. Intel are quicking because as Apple announced earlier in the year, or at least in this quarter, they were changing the Macs to silicon chips, which is of course their own offering, and they have done that. Or at least they have started to do so. And the stats are pretty damn impressive. We'll talk about that later on in this show. Um the first of November. And of course that follows the trend of the last few months because COVID has just really come in like a wrecking ball to the technology world. But we're, we're working with it. And when we can push a show out, when there's something tangible to talk about and interesting to talk about, we are doing so. Your one-stop shop for technology news. That's what we are, right? Your one-stop shop every once in a while when we get wow. around. Slogan. No, it's COVID. The excuse <laughs> for everything. Have you, have you had an experience? I think everyone has. Put it whereby a company, a product, a service has let you down recently and the excuse has been COVID when you know fine rightly it has nothing to do with COVID. Is that a thing? I'm trying to think of any... I haven't really had to deal... I haven't really done anything. So I haven't really had to deal with any companies um, where their excuses... Oh, there was... Uh, oh, I can't remember who it was. There was one where it was, oh, we're short staff because of COVID, but I can't remember what it was for. Yeah. Other than that, not really doing anything. Uh, in in other news, have you ordered your iPhone 12 yet? Just just not yet, no, but soon. <laughs> it was kind of... Is this... Other... Is this? Go ahead. I was going to say, is this the uh, typical Jamie Bunting procrastination, or is this are we doing something a little different this time? No, I'm just being careful, cautious, and considerate with my purchases, right? So procrastinate. Pretty much, yes. I, I do know that I am going to upgrade at some point, <laughs> but I'm just trying to find reasons not to. However, the battery life of my current 7 Plus is not helping. It really is not helping, as it sits on charge. Yeah. The only thing is the delivery dates and I guess it's due to COVID are two to three weeks out and I guess as well oh that's just standard iPhone delivery mm. Is it really normal under normal circumstances? Yeah, yeah. Every uh, if you're if you're over an hour late, like not within that first five minute window of pre-orders, those first few weeks are. Oh yeah, um, you're looking at two, three, four weeks. That's fair. I remember delivery. doing the same with the seven plus, and I think it was just sheer luck. At the time, I was passing the Apple store, and I thought, well, I've tried enough online. I can't get one. I'll see if they have them in store, and they did, and it worked perfectly. That's probably not going to happen at the minute because you guessed it, COVID. Which which meant Apple's November event was very different in different it took a, a different form. It was more of a presentation or pre-recorded presentation. Pretty 
impressive, if I do say so myself. And if anything, and, and we'll talk about it later, but if anything, I think Apple have re- regained themselves on the Mac front, which for the longest time they hadn't. And I think I have a bit of a theory behind that, but I could be wrong. Normally I am. But yeah, the iPhone 12, I think I have decided for a 12 Pro, not a 12 Pro Max, but a 12 Pro. And that's, the, the thing is that there, there's little difference between the 12 and the 12 Pro, but I'm just trying to think in terms of future proof. So I, the last time I purchased a new phone was 2016, which was the 7 Plus, and that's done me four years. So if I'm to make this do me the next four years, I might as well try and get a, a slightly better specced one. That's my thought process anyway. I don't know if that's flawed or not. What do you think? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't think the Pro is that much different to the, the 12 anyway, so it really is just, well, it's basically what mm. sort of screen you want. Um, but I, I don't think the 12 Pro is any more future-proof than the 12. It's the same chip inside. It's the same pretty much everything. Um, so it's not like one is is vastly different to the other. Obviously, that changes a little, I think, when you go to the Pro Max versus something like the yeah. Mini. Um, obviously, with both Pros, you've got that telephoto lens, but boring. Um, but the Max, obviously, you have a much bigger battery. Uh, you have a slightly different camera setup, I think. Um, oh, and you got the LiDAR. Yay! <laughs> 5G. It has 5G. I don't think Apple said that, did they? They all have 5G. Uh, you know what? I'm actually really glad that this Mac event, that it didn't feel like one giant ad, because that was definitely, I think, a sour taste in a lot of our mouths. Well, obviously it was one giant ad, but you know what I mean. Um, from the iPhone event where it was, it was like a Verizon ad with some Apple executives <laughs> present. Yeah, that's true. We will talk about everything Apple announced through the week, but before we do that, we will go to the quick news. Google Photos will no longer offer unlimited free photo storage in a move that will affect storage for other Google products, including email. The company's photo storage launched back in 2015, promising unlimited uploads. But Google now says it will limit that to save the same 15 gigabytes of storage per account that is shared by popular apps like Gmail and Google Drive. Anyone wishing to store more than that will have to pay for one of the Google's uh, the company's storage plans. Sorry, the change could mean that users who continue to upload many photos will run out of space for emails faster. Photos uploaded before June of 2021, when the change happens, will not towards users dozens of amazon's ring smart doorbells have caught fire or burned their owners after being fitted with the wrong screw the problem has prompted u.s and canadian product safety officials to issue a formal notice and amazon to provide a revised instruction manual the issue is that if a longer sharper screw is used at the device's base it can damage the battery pack this causes the device to overheat which has led to property damage and injuries. However, despite a recall notice having been issued, users are not actually being asked to send the devices back and instead are simply being urged to follow the new guidance. Veteran British video game company Codemasters has confirmed its plans to sell to US giant 2. Codemasters is best known for its racing games, including the Dirt Rally series and the Formula One licenses. The studio is founded in the UK and currently has its headquarters in Southam, Warwickshire. Spectre was offered a deal that values Codemasters at £739 million, and Codemasters says it intends to recommend it to its shareholders. The announcement comes on the same day that the firm released its latest title, Dirt. And finally, Apple this week announced the launch of a new service service program for AirPods Pro sound issues which is designed to address AirPods Pro units experiencing static 
or crackling sounds or problems with active noise cancellation. Affected AirPods were manufactured before October 2020 and those who have AirPods experiencing issues can take them to Apple or an authorized service provider for service free of charge. Apple says that the AirPods Pro will be examined prior to service to verify that they're eligible for the program. Apple AirPods Pro earbuds demonstrating the issue, left, right or both, will be replaced. One of the, if not the best selling point of Google Photos is being stripped from Google Photos, which is kind of disappointing. I, I'm, at the end of the day, I think that the fact is it was high quality, so it did strip some quality from the photos. But at the same time, I think I always said it's better to have a backup than no backup. And if that is your additional or a secondary backup, well, definitely why not use it? But clearly, I think people have gotten the memo too much and Google have now decided that it is too much um, and possibly one of the, if not the biggest server holders is that a word but you get what i mean that you know one of the companies who has the most server space probably anywhere or for any company has decided we've had enough they can't afford it anymore or at least that's what it would seem or they don't want to i don't think this exactly comes as a surprise i think most of us are kind of under the presumption that anything that is is free will probably one day be paid and anything that is unlimited will one day be limited um i think it would be very naive for us to uh think that this stuff would stay unlimited and free forever the cynical side of me goes hmm entice everyone in with unlimited free uploads and then a couple years later make it so people have to pay for this stuff people are stuck in the system so they don't want to change so they're just going to start paying for it the uh probably less cynical side of me says google probably realized they can either a make money off of this or b they're losing money off of this um i would imagine that if everyone and their uncle, because I, I think maybe not for I, uh, for iPhone users, but for Android users, obviously, this is something that is, is built yeah. into the core system. I think with a lot of Android devices, you get, or especially with the uh, Google Pixel range, I don't know if you still do, but I know you used to get free, unlimited, full-size upload, I believe. That was like one of the perks yeah. of, of buying a Pixel. Um, so I can imagine just the, the sheer volume of, of Android users uploading for free probably takes its toll even on a company like Google. Flip side of that is maybe it doesn't take a toll, maybe they just see it as a it's another even revenue stream, isn't the, it? The system I mean, even worked really pretty flawlessly with iOS. Okay, it wasn't perfect if you were to compare it to Apple's offering with iCloud, but it was never going to be because it's not Google's operating system. But it still worked pretty well. And that's probably their problem. They built it too 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 well. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a long time since I don't have any photos on on, on Google Photos, e- even as a backup. I just I think I got to the point where i had zero interest in in a company like google having my entire photo library um because the 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 flip side of all that clever search and whatnot is like they obviously a computer goes through and processes each image which i appreciate that other services like um apple do as well obviously um but i don't know this was probably like mm, two two or three years maybe even four years ago that i removed all my photos from from google photos so maybe it was just a spur of the moment thing but yeah i 100 with you on the uh, any backup is better than no backup obviously so so even just the 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 free high quality version was better 
than Nout. And to be fair, in 2015, when that launched, that high quality restriction really didn't hit no. most people that much. And it was pretty much a resolution restriction, I think. I don't know if it did any compression or, or anything, but I think it was basically to stop you uploading, you know, massive raw DSLR images, less so to stop you uploading high quality images from your phone. I don't think it would capture most that of those. That is true. Amazon's ring catching fire, burning owners. The wrong screw, just the wrong screw. So I, I haven't actually looked into the actual um, specifics of this or or a diagram, but it's saying so if a longer, sharper screw is used at the base, it can damage the battery pack. I'm trying to understand how, really. I mean, the battery pack shouldn't but, be where the screw goes in, right? Well, so from what I understand, uh, no article I could find has a like a, a demonstrative yeah. picture of this. Also, but from what also I understand, referred to as a diagram. Uh, well, I didn't mean. I meant like a uh, a in real life picture. Um, I would assume that there is some kind of there's there's a base plate mm. that goes on the door frame, um, and that gets screwed in, and then the ring. I don't know if it's if it uh, attaches magnetically or if it like hooks on or clips on or something. I presume it's talking about one of the screws that goes into the base plate if it's overextended or too sharp on the on the surface, like it's not a flush fit screw or something. Uh, maybe it's not countersunk properly. I'm assuming that being too long is causing it to, to, to puncture the battery pack when the thing is clipped in or something like that. The only other way I can think is if the screw is coming in from the back, which would line up better with the article description of it being too sharp, but don't know how you, I don't know if you, I don't think you mount the ring no. from the back, you mount it, you know, front on. Um, not a good thing, obviously. It doesn't take a rocket side to come to that conclusion. But um, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about their handling of it either. It, just to go, uh, we're just gonna, re- we're just gonna issue a revised don't manual. Do it. Yeah, that'll solve it. It's like, don't okay. do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, ringer in the news or ring doorbells are in the news for quite a few things recently. Obviously, where was it? I can't remember. A, a city or a county or a state in the US, I think last week or the week before, have now made it so ring video doorbells will provide video to the police. I don't know if that's automatic or if it's, it, I, I assume the police can request it from ring and they will just hand it. It sounded like a red light. They will just hand it over, not necessarily with consent of the user. I, I don't know the details. It'd be interesting to find out more, but we, we did hear about that. We did talk about that, I think, a while ago, about footage from uh, any video camera-based doorbell uh, potentially being able to assist police in... Uh, crimes and you know there there is obviously a positive and a negative to that um, or to the end result of that but I think a lot of the issue comes to potentially how the footage is acquired in the first place um, I think it's a good thing if let's say a crime happens on your street and the police go I don't know door to door or whatever and it's like do you have any footage and you could go yes I will provide it I think the flip side of that is the not so good side is uh, a crime happening on your street and the police just automatically pulling data from from uh, video camera doorbells um not necessary with user consent that's that's the bad side of things codemasters take two um Aaron, you're probably better to comment on this, but it's, that's a pretty big sum, right? Yeah, Codemasters have been around for a very long time. Um, they are a staple, I guess, in the video game industry. Um, and it's kind of nice that they uh, come from home, let's say. Um, not sure how I feel about...
about Take Two being the ones to acquire them. Um, I think my biggest problem with companies like Take Two is they come across a little bit like EA do. So uh, Take Two own a number of franchises, uh, well, they own another of other games manufacturers. They own Rockstar yeah. is probably their the biggest one uh, who make Grand Theft Auto, obviously. Um, but they have some of their games have recently come into the news. I think it was NBA 2K, which is obviously the the, the basketball game. From what I understand, this is a game that yeah, it's a full price game. It's a 50, 60 pound game, um, console game, play, PC game, whatever. And they put ads <laughs> in it, like full length, like, you know, proper ads in it. It's like so great. You pay for this game and then you, you get ads. Um, not sure about microtransactions. Obviously, this is something that EA are famous for. EA are famous for charging you full price for a game and then making you pay uh, for the rest of it, um, which doesn't go down well in the game industry. May work in on the mobile side of things, but definitely does not on the bigger side of things. Um, so yeah, Codemasters, I, I really, I, I've given Codemasters a bit of a bad rap in recent years just from my own experiences. Like the Formula One games, for those of you who don't know, they, ho- they ho- hold the rights to the Formula One license and so no one else can make um, Formula or official Formula One games, I should say. Um, any other game that has a Formula One car in it, unless it's licensed by a, a specific team or whatever, it's often just a Formula car with no actual reference to Formula One. Um, and the Codemasters games have come across, they're like a Simcade, um, like a cross between a Sim and an Arcade. They're, they're a fun casual game, um, but they're a yearly release. They're 40, 50, 60 pounds a year. And it often doesn't feel like the game progresses that much between years. It, it really did get to the point where it felt like you were paying for the updated car liveries and moving the drivers around teams and whatnot. Uh, basically, the same way Madden uh, Madden is for the NFL. Basically, it's the same game over and over again. They just move the teams around. Um, so I don't expect that to get any better. Put it like I expect it to get worse. I, I won't be surprised if we start to see microtransactions pop up and stuff like that, which they've managed to avoid. Uh, and the Dirt franchise is very good. That's the Rally franchise. I love the Dirt franchise. It comes off the good old days of Colin McRae Rally that they used to do, um, which was childhood favorite game of mine. Um, both or all of Codemasters games, as far as I'm aware so far, have managed to avoid loot boxes and you know in-app purchases and whatnot. But yeah, I hope it can stay that way. But I really don't hold my breath. It just seems to be the way that video games go. And, well, everything is going, but specifically video games going, which just is such a shame. Did we call it or did we call it Faulty AirPod? Was was that a thing? Did, did we? What's that? Sorry, did, did we talk about this a while ago? We did, didn't we? Codemasters. Code no, uh, AirPods. Dodgy. AirPods pod pros oh sorry sorry google hangouts is doing <laughs> that thing again we called it um we've spoken we we've spoken about Air, dodgy airpod pros just a few times i think i think i've had just one or two experiences <laughs> and then you jinxed me who was having new issues then had issues finally well a year if not slightly more have you got yours replaced yeah yeah yet? it was yeah to be fair there weren't that many issues getting it replaced in fact there weren't any issues but yeah and it was pretty seamless the meal in meal out service so airpods manufactured before October 2020, which is pretty much all of them. All of the AirPod Pros that have existed thus far. So does that mean that that, that must mean Apple have fixed whatever the problem is, right? In a new iteration of the same generation because surely if I were to or someone were to or you were to buy an AirPod Pro in November and it developed the same same issue, they're not going to... Well, if, if it did, if it had the inherent fault in, in the first place, they're not going to go, well, you didn't buy it before October so it doesn't qualify. They must have done something to remedy it, which I guess would be from 
their development of the second generation? Um, I'm under the presumption this is something they fixed in the manufacturing process with the first yeah. gen. We, I know a lot of people speculate because this this news came out before the event that just happened, so a lot of people speculated that pretty much exactly that that maybe this is it, they're getting replaced at the uh, the event. They did not. Still rumors that AirPods are coming this year or early next year. But um, if this is a manufacturing process fix. Um, we've heard, I think many people talking about, um, it's potentially something to do with the adhesive inside of them or something like that. I think a number of people have a number of theories. If, if this is something that they have now fixed, I can't believe it's taken them a year to fix. These came out, I think in October of 2019. So it makes them exactly yeah. a year old at this point. Um, I can't believe Apple have had their ha- heads in the sand for a year before going, oh, right. Okay. We'll fix it. Like, do they have to get to a certain threshold of people coming into the Apple? store to complain about it before they do anything um i mean i saw so many people making the jokes that wouldn't be an apple product if it didn't have some kind of service <laughs> program um which is like sadly in 2020 true. it is i think there's a, a record it's a there rarity if you manage to buy an out yeah if you manage to buy an apple product and it somehow avoids having a, a recall or a service program at some point in its life you've done very well um the airpods obviously being no exception here the original ones as far as i'm aware to be fair the non-pros i think are doing fine. I don't think they've developed any inherent, like, common faults, um, or as, as widespread as the st- I was going to say stupid pros, but the pros do. Um, I've got a working set at the moment. They've been replaced three times in a year, uh, but they're currently working. I basically treat them, like, I, I have to wear white gloves, they have to, you know, they have to go through no jolts, no movement, they have to be placed very carefully. I really do, and I think reading from, from certain, since Apple have been in the news quite recently for a number of things good and bad the general consensus really is apple's production quality of products has dwindled and we've always we've said this for years and years now and i think that's really an effect of their products becoming slightly more mainstream and i'm not talking any short space of time i i mean the last decade if not longer there has definitely been a reduction in quality control not so much single instances but more so an overall quality of a product there always just seems to be the products are made fantastically well i'm not arguing that but there's always just one thing that lets them down sometimes it's fundamental and other times it's not in the case of the airpods pro it's pretty fundamental because every time you move or run or whatever you get a vibrating rattling or clicking clacking whatever noise comes into it or whistling noise actually like a I think I, I think you're spot on with the uh, Apple becoming a slightly more mainstream company, and that's not a knock to sound no. really hipstery or anything. That's just obviously, if you become a popular company, you have to make more things. You go from producing in the single millions to the tens of millions. Let's say you have to then produce at potentially a lower cost. Um, material costs, you know, suddenly get massive. Like if let's say if it was an adhesive issue inside, then they may choose a cheaper adhesive to. Uh, to keep down manufacturing costs that this is this is not us trying to come up with excuses these are a 250 pound product that we have spoken at great length on the show how disappointed i think in the overall product i, I don't know i can't speak for you but i know myself i uh, i it's probably the most let down after the highs of the first uh, the first airpods i think the airpods pro have been a, a promising product just let down by having to replace mm. them three times um they're great on you after a while um but i, I think that goes for a lot of things i think with the iphone 12 we've seen reports that uh you know there's like a yellowish screen that can sometimes happen 
Pokemon, which has been an OLED thing in the past. That's not necessarily a new thing to the 12. Um, you obviously remember the MacBook Pros from a few years ago. I think this is like 2015 and before. So the, the old kind of unibody. Uh, the screen, the uh, anti-reflective coating used to start to come off and then it would always look really splotchy and horrible. That's super common. If you see any MacBook from, from 2015 or before and it doesn't look like that, either means it's all come off or it's uh, th this person has uh, actually miraculously not been affected by it. Um, if you go back further, I mean, probably before everything became popular, I remember when not a year would go by when the MacBooks would have some kind of graphics issue or graphics recall. Just probably more in the days when they were powered by NVIDIA. It's it's famously one of the uh, reasons people speculate that Apple no longer work or hold such a grudge with NVIDIA is when all these MacBooks were having these issues and Apple were issuing product recalls left, right and center that NVIDIA kind of dropped the ball on it. And I, I get the impression, well, so the story goes, that, that NVIDIA left Apple a bit uh, out to dry on that one and wouldn't mm. admit their own fault. Um, whether that's true or not is a whole other thing. But like I say, you can go back through the ages and even probably pre, I'm using air quotes, super mainstream, you know, today, Apple products have always been, you know, there's always something that comes up. It may not come up in the first yeah. month, but it's like that thing that turns up after six months. Um, what was the, I mean, the butterfly keyboard, that was more of a design failure. Um, people obviously having, there's been other stuff as well. Oh, the cable on the MacBook Pros a couple of years ago, um, where the ribbon cable that went between the chassis and the yep. display, obviously as it gets flexed, it would wear out. Stuff like that. Um, I think we're pretty quick to gloss over some of Apple's uh, shortcomings over the years. Although, all companies yeah, have them. Yeah, absolutely. That's, and, and that's important to remember. Before we talk more about Apple, I just want to take a second. This is something which we regularly say on the show. And it's more so, not, not for the benefit of you who take the time to join us, but more so the benefit of those who you know who probably don't take the time to join us. And the reason for that is because they're not either interested in technology or just use it and don't really think about it or aren't really affair with it. Could be any of the above or all. And really saying it to anyone right now listening, joining us on the show is kind of trying to preach to the converted, really, because you, you probably know it all. But uh, we're going to say it anyway. So supposedly, according to statistics, online cyber fraud, scams, all of the above have increased. I don't have stats in front of me, but according to uh, multiple agencies, online crime has increased uh, from, from coronavirus. And that probably makes sense. A lot more people are using the, their computers more. They're working from home. They're dealing with online sites to buy things um, because they don't want to go to shops or can't go to shops or don't want to, whatever. And that, so that would make sense. So hackers... Uh, fraudsters, criminals are taking that and, and, and taking it to their advantage and more so for, for those who are vulnerable, who don't maybe aren't as a fair with technology, don't find themselves using it as much, don't understand it or for any other reason. It's quite sad as well because this is one of the only ways that some people can stay in touch with and I'm not, not pointing out one specific group but for example elderly family who may be vulnerable, don't want to go out but want to stay in touch with family. They can do so through the use of technology and again, scammers, fraudsters, criminals they know that. So very worthwhile in reminding friends, family, acquaintances, work colleagues, anyone that you think could benefit that, well, the, the basics, if it's too good to be true, it is. Don't give 
out details online. Take it offline if your quote bank rings you. It's probably not your bank. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be ringing you. And if they are, they should be okay with you hanging up and ringing them back on the number that you know is the bank number. Um, and do it from a different phone. Think up. Think really smart. And I'm bringing this up because through the week I was actually, and, and you know where this is going, Aaron, I was speaking to my bank or, or one of my banks, I'm not going to say who it was for obvious reasons, but I was ringing up, but, but a pretty generic inquiry um, to do with my account. And I was asked security questions, as you should be, to access your account. And at the end of it, I was asked if I wanted to enable voice recognition, voice authorization on my account, which basically means that they don't ask the security questions. They answer the phone to me. I talk. It goes, ding, this is the right person and lets them into my account, supposedly. And I just said no. Which is really weird because for someone like me, I am all for technology that makes my life easier, that speeds processes up. I am not for inefficiencies or anything that wastes time unnecessarily. So when contactless came out, I was all over it. I was very welcomed about it. And people still worry to this day about contactless. But if you think about it logically, if as long as you're responsible with your card, um, if something does happen, you can claim it back under the protections, at least in the United Kingdom. Anyway, however, something just doesn't sit right with me about a voice authorizing access to my account. That just seems too far. And... For a start, two or three years ago, when this was coming out in, in initial banks and being rolled out, I'm not sure it was the BBC, basically used two twins and they completely tricked the system. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not getting too far into it. I'm not arguing that it is or isn't secure, but my thought process is for the few seconds it takes to answer a few questions that I will know about my account, recent transactions different questions, security questions that are on the account. I'm not willing to take the additional risk. Not that there probably is much of a risk, but it just seems a little bit too premature. Even though it is a few years old, I just don't feel the technology is there. And I'm speaking from someone who has spoken to people who are in the field of cybersecurity, who are in the field of fraud prevention, who agree. And when I rang the bank and when when I went through security and when they asked me the question, the girl said, well, do you mind me asking why you don't want it on the account? And I simply said, I just don't want it on my account. I just don't feel it's it's there yet. I'd rather just answer the questions. Seems more secure to me. And she, she didn't query it. She said, fair enough. But point being, number one, don't ever feel pressurized, I guess, into something like that. But more so, think logically. I think the, the benefit to that doesn't outweigh the, the con, if that makes sense. What do you think, Aaron? Am I being too paranoid? Um, No, I mean, I think as you alluded to, we've heard so many stories over the years of we probably experience it all the time now to be honest you get those scam phone calls that ring you up and go i just want to ask you a survey i just want to ask you a few questions and we've heard stories around the past actually getting you to answer those specific questions is a way of recording you saying certain words that can then be used to attempt to access uh your bank account through these uh, voice recognition systems if they get you to answer questions yes no what's your favorite color Color, blue, you know that type of thing. Then there is a potential that they could they could build up a uh, a picture or recording to uh, be able to fool those systems. Ninety nine percent of the time, obviously, those scam calls are nothing more than them literally trying to sell you a scam. Um, obviously, identity fraud and things like that is a much more involved process, and it's highly unlikely, or there is an unlikely chance that you will be targeted um, specifically. Um, but the risk is always there. We've heard the stories where it has been used like that in the past. So I don't get that many spam phone calls. Don't know how I've managed to to avoid this. Um, I literally never get any calling my phone, um, which I'm just absolutely amazed at. Um, but uh, 
when I have in the past, it's you pick up and you hear a certain hello or this is so and so. It's mm-hmm. like bye. <laughs> Um, don't even give them a chance but yeah it's uh you read it feels like every week at the moment especially as you said during during lockdown and during coronavirus times we're reading once a week on, on bbc news or, or wherever you look and it's like so-and-so has been scammed or, or an older person or whomever it is and it just to echo your message it really is about i think teaching our relatives especially at this time of year you hear how these scams yeah. are they're, they're rife at christmas um to try and prey on elders Elderly, um, you know, but any any kind of vulnerable person at this time of year, um, it really does. I think need us, the uh, the techie folk in the family, to want or to, to help these people to educate them. I see, um, like our local police force, so many emails get sent out, so many uh, posts on Twitter about you know the fraud that they found, um, scams that they're aware of in the county, um, fraud prevention. They do a lot of good stuff. I think around the villages in the local area potentially where the let's say where the less techie folk live um about holding not seminars but obviously this is pre-covid but you know what i mean so it is all it is all just a teaching exercise but man scams just they never stop they they're always changing and whatnot and it's like whenever we get them i don't know about you i'm like ha that'll never yeah. work that's so bad you know this email is all yeah. kinds of wrong spelling and this that and the other and then then you do hear the stories where it oh someone did fall for the Nigerian and that's just it. I think is. really the 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 point is I'm nearly sure I heard from years ago. We've probably said this in the show. These fraudsters, scammers, um, have other words for them, but we'll keep it clean. Uh, they they don't want to get everyone because getting everyone actually would would make them well. It it would certainly make them stand out. Especially, were they storing whatever money they take? Where are they doing their dealings? How are they disclosing it? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So they 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 don't want to get everyone. They just want to get the people they do get. And all they need to get is one percent, and they're sorted. It it only takes a small handful, and they've got their day's work. And and that's really the problem. It's sadly, it is the few they get that that we need to reach out to. We need to help inform and to some extent protect and this is as you rightly alluded to Aaron, this is a bigger picture now with national crime agencies with the police with um when when gchq was a thing the nsa and so on they you know they did have elements of that um, i know they, they they did other things as well but the point in the matter is this is criminal activity it's crime it's fraud it is theft it is deception it is all sorts of wrong things and coming up to christmas that's one time when it gets rife but also due to the current ongoing situation in the global pandemic, it's also rife. So please, 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 not only stay more aware yourself, but just maybe make someone aware, remind someone, um, point out all of the possibilities, point out the, the the obvious points, but also the things that aren't so obvious. So if your bank does ring, you need to ring them back. Well, don't do it from the same phone they called you from. It seems a little bit pernickety, but it can really make the difference in keeping you safe. And to take that extra one step that really isn't an extra step, it's just you know doing something, it, 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 it could be worth it in the long run. Okay, Apple, 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 Apple. We haven't talked about them in about 10 minutes, so it's, it's time to talk about them. So this event felt very fresh and I liked it and I think they're finally paying heed to the Mac properly, which we have said for the longest of time they hadn't. Um, it seemed to be this, the, 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 the reoccurring theme was they released a, a Mac product and then they forgot about it for a certain period of time, which just didn't feel right. And I guess in a way, Aaron, I think we said this the other week, that this might have worked in their favour. Maybe this was the plan all along. 
Because what they've done is devices that hadn't been properly updated in terms of infrastructure for some time. The jump from what they were, i.e. Intel, to silicon is now vast, and it's probably more vast than what it would have been if they had have kept it up to date all the time. And so people are now really raising their eyebrows and thinking this this uh, is this is this is a jump. I, I don't think that I don't think that's quite true. Um the MacBook Air was only recently updated and it did have the latest I think they uh the Mac MacBook Air, I'm pretty sure, definitely had the latest Intel chip in. I think the MacBook Pro did as well. Um, so I think that point stands for the Mac Mini, which, you know, that's had a, had a bit of a rocky past when it comes to updates. Um, but I'm pretty sure the Pro and the Air, like, I don't think we need to discredit the M1 just because it potentially had old Intel chips in. I think, you know, I think I'm pretty sure it did have new-ish. Yeah, they've still got the old Intel ones on there. And they the 13-inch MacBook Pro had 10th generation Intel Core i5 and i7 chips in it. So it was up to date in terms of uh, chips okay, had before. Okay, I'll rephrase that. The jump from Intel, which Apple were using and happily using, Sorry. Um, and, and not trying to push for anything more, the jump from that to silicon is huge. Would you agree? Yeah. I also think uh, we, we spoke, we've spoken about at length in the past how a- Apple have delayed machines year over year um, or like they've been not so good with updating stuff. See the iMac Pro. Um, see the Mac Pro before uh, before this year or last year. Um, there have been excuses on both sides of the fence I think but uh, on some of the machines we've complained in the past that they don't get a yearly refresh. Um, not every Mac needs a yearly refresh but um, there have been some that have gone a while without refreshes um i think a lot of people overlook the fact that apple chose intel as their cpu supplier they, they, they made that transition in the mid uh, noughties um and when you obviously then build a system around intel you can't just chop and change um based on whomever is is the, the best at one particular time you're, you're kind of stuck with that that roadmap um for some time and apple have been beholden to an intel which i think in the past five six years hasn't been the intel of of when they switched um intel obviously they went from transition to transition from the it was the core duo and then it was very quickly the core two duo and then they very quickly moved up to the i range so the i3 i5 i7 and more recently the i9 um which you know that was that was a game changer when it comes to a, a cpu technology um but in in more recent years i think they've not struggled but they haven't necessarily uh been making or releasing the chips that apple would use year after year well that's the impression i get um i know there's been a few times in recent years where we've called why is there no new macbook pro this year why is there no new imac whatever it is and you look at the the family or the range of cpus that that machine would traditionally use and intel hadn't done anything yet with it or it was, had just come out or it was on the roadmap or, or, or something like that um and on the flip side of that there have been on i think on more than one occasion on a number of occasions where the cpu has existed the the, the family of cpus has been there and apple just haven't done anything whether the, the concentration was elsewhere i don't know what it was um there's no excuse for what happened between 2013 and and now with the mac pro there's no excuse with what's happening uh, you know the imac pro last updated three years ago. well we're still on 
the first generation of the iMac Pro, a machine that when it came out, we all said, this is a great machine. Can Apple keep it updated? The answer was obviously <laughs> no. Um, I think a big thing with this Apple Silicon range is we hope that Apple can move to, it doesn't have to be a yearly cycle, but let's just use that for purposes of explanation. If they can move to a yearly release cycle, a regular update schedule, let's say, um, you look at the mobile side of things, so the iPhone and iPad, um, even the watch, you know, every year they talk about the new chip that's in it. You know, this year it was the A14, next year it'll be the A15, I imagine. And then each uh, system, so the iPhone or iPad, they get a version of that chip, whether it's the A14Z or Bionic or Fusion or whatever they call it. Um, they all get a yearly upgrade. The watch, you know, they go from S1 to S2 to S3 and I think it's the S6 chip now. Um, so when they're making their own silicon, they, they're, they're pretty good at um, keeping it uh, updated regularly. And it's not like small updates every year. Apple have been pretty advanced with their updates. Um, we see pretty big jumps, especially in the iPhone, year over year. The speed increases is insane. I think the I think they said um, the M1 chip is based on the A14. So we know that underneath it's a, it's a similar architecture, the same architecture as what's in the current iDevice, uh, iOS device lineup, um, which again lends itself to getting that, okay, next year we'll get something based on the A15 potentially. Um, also explains the 5 nanometer architecture because when they came out with the A15, 14, I think. I'm pretty sure it's A14 this year. For the iPhone, they or the iPad, they made a point that it is a five nanometer architecture. Sadly, well, uh, we say sadly, not sadly for consumers, but sadly for Intel. What Apple have done in the production of the silicon chip is basically just negate any need for Intel ever again in an Apple product. But then again, this isn't new to Apple. Apple went from Intel to PowerPC back to Intel, but the differences this time are pretty astronomical. And also, it has always been Apple's aim to have a total control over hardware and software as and when they can. And you just knew this was this was coming even before they announced it um, a few months ago. This changes a lot for the, the infrastructure, right? I think, um, yeah. Um, now, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. We've seen some early Geekbench numbers that have leaked online and they are well very impressive as an understatement. Like the MacBook Air is faster than the iMac, you know, the brand new iMac. It's faster than the top of the range MacBook Pro 16 inches. Like it's quick, um, like seriously fast. Obviously, these are artificial scores. You know, Geekbench is, is not always a, a reflection of how the device is day to day. Can it sustain loads? Um, you know, especially the MacBook Air not having a fan in it um, and things like that. It's like Apple made a, a big thing of it being fast and power efficient. How power efficient is it? Um, again, if the iPhone, iPad, or anything to go by, Apple are in pretty good uh, standing here. Um, but I think before the world jumps to Intel are dead, I think we do need to see some some uh, actual real world use. I just took a quick peek at Intel's stock um, over the price week because I just wanted to see if the stock market has reflected the Apple announcement. Um, and over the past week, so on the 9th, they were at uh, 40, just over $47 a share. And then the event was, it was the, tw- no, it was the, when was the event? 10th. Uh, it was the 10th. Um, and there was a pretty sharp decrease um, that day, which to be fair, did go back up and then has slowly just been going way down. We had a low of 44. So um, they had a little bit of a dip, but not like, I, I was expecting worse. Um, but yeah, there's a dip that correlates with when 
the Geekbench numbers hit the new sites um, of just how much faster it is than the Intel stuff. Um, but it's pretty interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how Intel reacts long term to this. Um, I think Apple are quite quickly. I know that I know they said this is a two year transition, um, but they said that when they moved PowerPC to Intel. And I think for any of us who watched it at the time, we'll very quickly remember that Apple actually did the transition quicker and then never made another PowerPC machine again. Um, so I don't doubt that they've already done three. I, di- I did not expect them to do so many Macs on Tuesday, I won't lie. Um, when they said the first one was the MacBook Air, I kind of expected that to be it. Yeah, that was a fast-paced event on Tuesday. It was only 50 minutes long. It's like the shortest Apple <laughs> event ever. I don't remember one being any shorter than that. Um, but yeah, I was quite surprised to see them come out with three. Um, I think when they when when, I, when they went from the second to the third one, I was like, okay, are we going to get any more? Are we going to get an iMac, please? And obviously, uh, didn't come to fruition. But uh, yeah, the offering that's there is, it's a a good first step um i think there's areas of these machines that i think are very positive and there's areas of these machines that feel very yeah. gen one um being limited to 16 gigabytes of ram across the board is a little bit of a shame i think at this point although i don't think it's in the macbook so the macbook pro mac mini and the macbook air you could maybe excuse that i could i, I know the mac mini used to have more available but those two they don't have the pro name attached the macbook pro many people People crying out that 16 gigs is a travesty, although I'm pretty sure the Intel version was limited to 16 as well, although I could be wrong. Um, I have vague recollections of the base 13-inch being limited to 16 gigs. Um, but I could be completely wrong on that. Um, so that that kind of feels a bit Gen 1-ish. There's a few other things, and I imagine we're going to see more crop up when the machines get into people's hands this week, or next week, I should say. Um, so I'm very interested to see that. I'm also very interested to see what next year brings. Obviously, you know, with three machines down, they've got the, the bigger uh, MacBook Pro to go and the iMac. Um, and then whatever they do with their kind of big boy pro lineup, so the Mac Pro and the iMac Pro, I think will be very, very interesting. I mean, if we're seeing these numbers out of a MacBook Air, yeah. like what are we going to see out of a Mac Pro with m- multiple of these things? It's I think in, in saying so, the, the, the drop, for example, on Intel's shares, that was to be expected because Apple were a huge client. But at the same time, you have to remember, well, Intel have other customers and other clients for other things that they're not going to lose. And so whilst it's a hit to Intel for sure, they're going to survive. They're going to be staying around. It's not going to damage them to to to, to the, the you know the extent that it sounds like. Um, but yeah, still a, a major loss in terms of Apple. There really are very few negative effects to doing this. Really, all that they've done is is strengthen their core product, improve performance, probably cut costs after you take the R and D costs, and and ensure future proofing as well. Because as we say, Apple always wanted to have complete control. Not that they have complete control. In everything but they always want to have complete control where and when they can part of the unified experience and product so this this really none of this really comes as a total surprise and i think they've done it at the right time as well don't you Aaron? yeah sorry um again google hangouts what a wonderful piece of technology um i don't know if there was necessarily a right or wrong time to do this i think uh the mac has been floundering for a few years um and apple's kind of in-house cpu technology has been impressive for a very long time um so i don't think it's like just got to that point where it's viable um obviously one of the things they do is when you 
have Intel, Intel makes CPU, and then they make a shared graphics chip, and then you have to you have to uh, get your RAM into the, onto the board, and you have to get all your controllers onto the board, and that kind of it becomes a very uh, big process, I imagine. Um, whereas with the M1, it's very much like a system on a chip. You know, everything is in this one chip. Your memory is in there. Your graphics is in there. Your CPU is obviously in there. Um, you've got all the security benefits they often tout in the world of uh, the iPhone and iPad built in neural engines stuff like that um, so it's like one chip that does everything obviously that's great for power efficiency for space uh, space constraints like physical space within the machine um, speed um, kind of the one thing it is probably a downside to is this pretty much guarantees that any machine with a M1 chip in it will not have upgradable yeah. parts another pro um, for Apple <laughs> like the iMac yeah well, exactly this pretty much forces your hand into having to pay those RAM prices which with Apple is just like mm. stupid I mean I'm just looking at the MacBook Air here sorry the MacBook Pro which just talking about pricing they actually they didn't change the price I think obviously we all in the back of our mind had that it'd be nice if, if it became cheaper um, not having to pay so many third, third parties we uh, we had that pie in the sky wishful thinking and then we remembered it was Apple um, but they didn't make it more expensive so bonus um, the MacBook Air still starts at under a thousand pounds a pound under a thousand pounds that's still under a thousand pounds um the macbook pro still starts at 1300 and the mac mini still starts i actually i think they did make the mac mini cheaper um i think the mac mini they said they made a hundred pounds hundred dollars cheaper um double check but in the macbook pro to go from eight to 16 gigs is 200 pounds not as bad as it's been in previous but years but still unnecessarily um, expensive the mac mini starts at six exactly the mac mini starts at 699 pounds uh which gets you eight gigs of ram and a 256 gig ssd if you want to spec that to anything usable you go 16 gigs and you go let's say one terabyte that jumps from 699 to 1299 so that's the same price as the base macbook pro that gets you 16 gigs of memory one terabyte ssd and then obviously see the m1 chip um yeah the ssd price and ram prices while nowhere near as laughable as they used to be it's still pretty damn laughable and that's a shame we're obviously stuck with that mac mini and the imac um and obviously mac pro technically um have had the advantage or the bigger imac have had the advantage of being user upgradable memory it's standard uh pc laptop or computer laptop memory that's in this stuff you can go and buy it from crucial or wherever and you can upgrade it yourself this pretty much means we say bye-bye to that and we are stuck configuring our ma machines at uh, the build-to-order price range and points to no upgrading in the future. No, oh, I'm just going to add some more memory this year or I'm going to save up and, and get a bigger disc or whatever it was. Because I don't know about you, like I bought the base 27-inch iMac um, and I've since added an SSD. I've since tripled the memory in it because to hell was I paying Apple's prices at the time. I couldn't afford to pay Apple's prices when I bought this thing. Um, it's still chugging seven or eight years later. Um, so to be able to upgrade it over the time has been a nice feature. So a little bit of a bitter taste that we have to, to pay all that extra money now. But I guess uh, it's the trade-off we now make for a complete system on a chip design. Is it a spin-off which consumers should be willing to pay for the performance increases? And, and, and not just import performance increases, but also efficiencies as well in terms of the power um, for the, the, the devices which we plugged in, for the battery performance, for those that use a battery. 
they've they've done some really cool stuff. I I I must give it to them. They've sold it well. Whether or not in practice it turns out to be as good as what they say is another thing. But they've said it is. It's, yeah, it, it's got to walk the walk now, hasn't yeah. it? Um, which, like I say, those those early Geekbench numbers are, are, are pretty promising. I think uh, I think most consumers, average Joe, won't give a monkeys about the upgradeability, or is less likely to give a monkeys about the upgradeability. Um, I think the people buying these lower end, it's kind of <laughs> It's difficult to call them lower-end machines when they're out-specking uh, the big-boy machines at the moment. But people who are buying these probably aren't aren't necessarily in the market for upgrades. And bearing in mind, you know, the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air, they haven't been upgradable in any way for years. So this is only a loss for some of the more niche machines. Um, and the iMac, it's got to the point where you have to buy the 27-inch, and at that point, you can only upgrade the RAM. So, like, Apple have been kind of squeezing every little... Uh, penny out of everyone's wallets for some years now and it's something i think we've been pretty vocal about and most the industry has been pretty vocal about um again i i, I don't think with the obviously they could do it with the m1 chip uh, they, they could still stick with with third party memory but i i imagine the reason they can get a lot of the speed and power efficiency is everything is sandwiched into one chip you know everything is there apple control every single point of it that's how they can tout those it's x percent faster it's x percent better on battery you know i i think we do have to accept that as an excuse um it doesn't make the 200 pound for, for for 16 gig yeah. of ram any more palatable or or 400 pounds to go to a one terabyte ssd bearing in mind you could buy an m2 one terabyte for under 100 pounds now like apple are charging you 300 extra pounds for that so that will never be okay but it's the best we got at this point hopefully as time goes on consumers will feed back to apple that those prices aren't acceptable but i doubt it <laughs> that's just what we're stuck with i guess and the spin-off is that there is a, a greater performance increase in the chipset which is that how often do you change the ram in your computer i i will be interested to see how they play that with the mac pro though obviously they've literally just announced the mac pro as being this all singing all dancing upgradable yeah, that's true machine they're, they're not gonna walk no. that back that's uh, fair that's that's I'll a fair point yeah yeah anything else have we missed that one more thing or are we um oh the two more things sorry um big Sur yep. is obviously now out um which uh people have been generally pretty happy with it so far which is not what i expected because I, I used the beta on my macbook air throughout the and it was like that was a buggy os um but yeah the release version came out and i managed to get it on my unsupported imac and i can't see why it wasn't supported because everything runs fine and it, it wasn't supported it wasn't supported because apple need people to buy hard hardware yeah i mean i can understand it on some of the older machines that don't support metal uh, metal is the i think it's the graphics rendering engine or, or however you want to call it within mac os i believe catalina had metal or it had open cl i think um so it could support older machines where i think they removed all the legacy stuff in big Sur. so um if your machine do if your graphics card doesn't support metal then you're pretty stuck um but if it does which the 2013 imac with an nvidia chip does literally everything worked i i wi-fi worked airdrop worked iMessage, Bluetooth, everything works. Um, I'm pretty impressed with it so far. The other thing is uh, I was very surprised when PC <laughs> Guy made a made a uh, comeback at the end of the Apple keynote. John Hodgman obviously reviving the I'm a PC 
character from the old Apple ads back in the, uh, well, I guess just post the Intel transition. Um, for anyone who listens to Justin Long, Justin Long, obviously a famous actor, but he played I'm a Mac in those adverts. He has a podcast. Um, and back in October, so only a few weeks ago, he did an episode with John Hodgman. They spent a long time uh, in that episode talking about what it was like and, and what doing those ads was like. And, and they reminisced about, uh, a bit about Steve Jobs and whatnot. It's very good episode to go back uh, to go and listen to um i don't know if john hodgman was aware like so that episode came out end of october i don't know when it was recorded obviously but in that interview i don't know whether he was aware that whether he'd already recorded or knew about this apple event or if he it, that he was going to be called up to do it um because those two were talking about how they'd love to do them again and you know apple just give them a call um so i'd be very interested to know if he knew at that time but um yeah i thought it was very funny to see him make a comeback would have loved to have seen Justin Long, like both of them come back to do it. Maybe there's going to be a, a run of uh, run of ads again. Um, the scary thing is, I can imagine so many people watching that Who like, knows? have no idea where those ads come from, which is which is such a shame. There's, there's such an iconic set of ads. The, uh, the I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. Um, I just thought it was really funny after the credits that they made a comeback. It, Apple do still have that. Uh, yeah, that I think it's everyone is a uh, surprise. Um, I wasn't expecting. And when they said one more thing, I thought. Oh, oh, is the iMac? Is, is it going to be an iMac? And then, I mean, it, it was still a good surprise, but it wasn't as good of a surprise as should they have brought the silicon chip into the iMac this year. But there's always next year, and there's always next week to discuss more tech news. You can find more episodes of the show over at munchtech.tv. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter, munchtech.tv forward slash newsletter. If you're listening on your mobile device, munchtech.tv forward slash mobile for the ultimate guide to podcasting munchtech.tv forward slash ultimate podcast guide and of course podcastassist.com we spoke about Apple at length today as always our interview with Steve Wozniak the co-founder of Apple computing pioneer and engineering genius that's on over at munchtech.tv forward slash was as always thank you for taking the time to join us on this week's episode join us next week 519 until then have a great safe and enjoyable week bye 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 bye